Thank you for tuning in to Our Black Voices Matter. We can't remain silent. We must speak up. So let the conversation begin. So question one, could you please describe how you are trying to bridge the gap between your community and the black community? Yeah, that's a great question. So I feel like my community is the black community. <laughs> That sounds kind of weird saying that, but, you know, the church that I go to is primarily black. I'm, I'm probably one of maybe, you know, my wife and I are probably one of maybe 10 white couples that are at that church. Now, we go to one campus of many campuses, but overall, it's, it's an incredibly diverse church, which is something that is actually pretty, pretty rare. There's a statistic that says that the most segregated time in the United States is Sunday mornings, which is, which is sad, but our church is very, very diverse. Plus I work in the downtown St. Louis community as well. Now, I think I can answer the question easier. What am I doing to bridge the gap between my understanding and their understanding is, you know, back in 2014, during the Ferguson riots, I, I didn't understand and I didn't take time to understand. I was just angry because I, my business uh, suffered. You know, I ran a business in that area that got looted, broken into and basically destroyed. And we spent weeks cleaning it up. So I was just angry and I didn't take time to understand. This time, I don't know if it's because I've grown as a Christian if it's because I've grown as a person, you know, that was six years ago, I felt like God was telling me to go listen to the stories, to, to you know, hey, I gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You need to listen more and talk less. And social media is all about talking more and not listening at all. So I decided to disconnect off the social media and go to the place where the anger is still going on. Ferguson is a very angry town. You know, they've been through a lot of racial disparity over, at least over the last 10 years. I think five individual things over the last 10 years. And I feel like I needed to listen and understand. So that that's kind of what I've been doing is just, is just going to the protests and just saying, hey, listen, I don't understand but I want to understand. Can you please tell me your story? Tell me because I want to fight this battle with you. I just don't know how. So can you please help me understand? And hearing some of these stories has been heart-wrenching. I mean, it just, it just breaks you down. I, I've spent the last three weeks in tears with some of these anywhere from, you know, 14-year-old kids all the way up to 81-year-old Vietnam veterans. It's just, it's, it's crazy the stories that I'm hearing. Question number two, how has your experience been protesting? Have you received any negative pushback because of it? My experience protesting has been interesting. 
I'm going to say this delicately. As a Christian and also as a, a white person, the statement Black Lives Matter, I agree with 100%. We are all made in the image of God. Genesis 1 tells us that. As a conservative, the organization Black Lives Matter Global Network, the actual organization, I agree with the mission of Black Lives Matter in that there, you know, the, that there needs to be police reform. But there's a lot of other things like abortion and, you know, the taking away the nuclear family, all that stuff that I, I can't jump on board with. This. So I, I can't directly support that that specific organization, but I can support other other like minded organizations that fight for the things that I can believe in. You know, organizations like civil righteousness, organizations like Action STL. So my experience protesting has been interesting because I think that we can all get on the same page behind the statement and the truth that Black Lives Matter. But there's just a lot of other things, you know, like I, nobody's been able to explain to me really what defund the police means um, because, you know, obviously completely defunding the police, in my opinion, just isn't going to work. We need that safety net. But we need to address the internal issues to be able to make that safety net stronger than it is right now. So my experience protesting has been, I've just been listening. I've been listening and I've been, my protesting has been silent protesting. It's been protesting from my heart to the Lord. Because in my mind, this isn't just a left versus right, Republican versus Democrat issue. This is a kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. So that's where I feel like I have to address the issue is with, you know, the Bible says that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but in the principalities and darknesses. So I feel like I'm having to go, go to battle in those principalities. Have you received any negative pushback because of it? Yes and no. A lot of folks have, you know, said, hey, what you're doing is great. But I have heard initially going to Ferguson right now is probably not a good idea. You're a white guy. You need to be safe. Look at what's going on. They're burning buildings down. They're doing all this. You don't need to be there. And so I actually kept it quiet for a while and didn't tell anybody that I was going over there. There was a couple of folks that I that I called so they could pray protection. I invited a couple of them. They didn't feel comfortable. But afterwards, a couple of family members found out, got a little bit of a talking to about about, you know, what would it be like if you if you went over there for this and then your kids had no dad or if you went over and you know, something happened to you where you got hurt and couldn't work. You know, I had to reply with, you know, 2020 is going to be a year where my kids learn about this. And if they ask me, where were you? I want to be able to tell them I was right there hearing the stories and helping make a change. So the risk was worth the reward. What is your view on racial inequality in America? Well, Keith, this is a great question, and I have a very basic fundamental view. I think that my view is just there is racial injustice and that there is racial inequity. I don't know to what the extent is. I don't know. I don't want to get political and talk about how there are systems. There's legal systems. There's police system. There's, you know, there's entitlement systems. There's There's a lot of systems that have been created, I think, out of this maybe even unknown mindset of stereotype and bias. In creating these institutions, it's actually pushed down 
different races other than white people. And that's something that I've kind of learned, you know, like for an example, I've learned that the entitlement program is highly beneficial to single mothers with children. That in and of itself makes a single mother, a single black mother, not really want to find a husband because now if she finds a husband, she loses all these, she loses all this help. And so now that's why we have an overwhelmingly high statistic of fatherlessness within the black community. And that really is the number one problem is fathers are really the cornerstone of the family. And you know that's not to say the fathers are, are more important than mothers. Listen, my wife is a stay-at-home mom of our two children. She homeschools them both. She works way harder than I do, Keith. But the father is the cornerstone of the family. And that's not to say that a single mom can't do what two parents... There are some single moms out there that are just stinking rock stars. But... The current system does not help when it's it basically says the best thing you can do is not have a father in the house. And maybe maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's what I've seen statistically. So I think to answer your question more, you know, more broadly is is my view of it is just different now than it was then. And I just recognize now that it actually exists, that it exists in a in a way larger fashion that I could even comprehend and that it has been just a buildup of, of generations and generations and generations and generational, you know, disparity and, and, and bias and mindset that's been passed on to the next generations. So, you know, so on and so forth moving forward, that's ultimately built the systems that we live in now. And so I just want to help change it, man. I just want to do, I just want to do what I can do to help change it. But, you know, I don't want to break my beliefs as a Christian, but I also don't want to break my views as a conservative because I do believe that the conservative uh, viewpoint most mirrors Christianity. It's not perfect, but I think that it most mirrors that. And I think that there's a way for both the left and the right, liberals and conservatives, Democrats and Republicans, I think that there is a way for all of us to work together when we recognize that at the heart of the matter, that it's hearts and souls and not necessarily numbers and data. For me, the battle that I'm fighting is a spiritual one because at the end of the day, that's what it all boils down to. I hope that answers your question, Keith.